0: Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. Thanks for listening to the Art of Money podcast, artofmoneyradio.com for more information or to schedule that initial consultation. Appreciate you subscribing. Now let's get to the show. I wanna get into something this weekend and break down the three pillars of a proper financial plan, protection, income, and growth. Let's start at the beginning. What is the importance of protection within an income plan and how do
1: you protect our assets? Well, one of the things last year that we went through, Mark, is the worst bond market in history. So when you think of safe money, typically you're trying to put money in something that'll get you in that four to six percent range uh, where you're just getting a good consistent rate of return. When the market is going crazy, it doesn't have any effect on that part of the money. But last year, with rates going up like they did with the Fed, the bond markets have been down over the last three years over 20 percent. So if you put $100,000 in something you consider to be safe investment, right now it'd be sitting between seventy eight and $80,000. That's not what I would call safe, right? So one of the things that we try to do here at McPherson Financial Group is if you have money in bonds and a 401k, sometimes that's all your options are. But right now they usually have a stable value account. Typically in the past the last four or five years stable value was paying between one and two percent Right now a lot of the stable value accounts are paying more like four or five percent So there's ways to put your money in something that will not fluctuate and will not go down and those are the type of Products we like to look at or vehicles we like to look at that we can put our clients money in and create some stability especially when you move into that income
2: planning phase yeah, the protection pillar is very important because you know we don't know what the market's going to do next year. We don't know what the market's going to do in six months. We know over time the market goes up, but when you have those bad events and you're retired, you need a place to pull money from. And if you didn't have anything in the protection bucket, you were selling Tesla and Google and Apple last year for your income. Well, as we've seen this year, that's not what you wanted to do. So the protection bucket, as Art was mentioned, is just it's extremely important to have a portion of your money in something that doesn't lose value. You know, right now, you know, with, with cash and stable value, you know, it feels good making four or 5% long term that won't be there, but there's other products that can be there for longer term that have that protection where you can't lose money, where you have a guarantee of a certain type of interest rate or even a guarantee of income to where in a bad market cycle you're not selling things at a loss to fund your your monthly expenses.
0: What kind of products, you're talking about some of the products that'll protect our assets, what would they be?
1: Well, some of the things that we are doing right now that we couldn't do before were money markets. Mm -hmm. So if people have a Schwab account with us or a Fidelity account with us, we've actually got accounts now paying over 5% on a money market, which is pretty phenomenal. A year ago, Mark, those accounts were paying 1% or less. We also do a weekly run where we will pull CD rates from banks. So we will pull a weekly rate and see what the best one year, two year, 18 month and, and longer CD rates are. And a lot of those CD rates right now are in the five and a quarter to five and a half percent range. Um, so people are able to get a much better rate of return right now on money that can't fluctuate and it can't go down then we have of course bonds but one of the things that luke and i looked at a couple years ago is how do we protect against an increasing interest rate environment where bonds we knew would get hit hard we didn't know they would get hit that hard so we did short duration bonds where we would have a 10-year bond and we were buying them with two years left six months left 18 months left so we could hold them to maturity so it didn't matter what was happening to their par value but we were getting the yield so there are things like that you can do also Fixed annuities right now are paying good rates. You can get four, five, six percent on a fixed annuity rate. The term um, is different, you know, depends on the product. We have anything from one to five year on those type of products. Uh, Then we also have indexed annuities. Those are annuities that are tied with a market index. So you're kind of rolling the dice on the interest because you don't know exactly what your interest rate is going to be, but you can't lose principal. So those are some quick examples of some of the products that are guaranteed like that. But. You know, everything has its term. Everything has its different risk tolerance. You know, some of the things with the insurance industry, it's on the the security rating of the insurance carrier themselves. So um, there's different risks associated with it. And sometimes you have time risk and things like that on a CD and and things like those types of risks. But you can definitely make sure that your principal is guaranteed, Mark.
0: Luke, we've got about a minute left here in this segment. And Art was talking about one option would be an annuity, a fixed index annuity. There are some people in the market. I mean, you almost hear these radio commercials saying, oh, annuities aren't worth the paper they're written on. Why do people have such a
2: love-hate relationship with annuities? I think because when people talk about annuities, it's because they've sometimes been burned by them. They've either put too much money into them. They bought them from somebody who wasn't really a fiduciary, somebody maybe at an insurance agency, and that's all they could do. And so when you look at it that way, it depends what your past has provided you as to how you feel about things. And you know, if you bought an annuity, say it's a hundred thousand dollar annuity, and you needed money out of it, well, you can't, or you're paying a penalty. So they have their clauses in there where the insurance company holds the money for whatever period of time that's needed, and if you break that contract, you lose money. So that's that's the downside of an annuity. But the good parts is that you know you can't lose money because of the stock market. So last year you didn't lose money. If you have a guaranteed income rider or some guaranteed growth. You made money last year, so they have their pros and cons. Um, for someone to come out and just say, "I do not like annuities," I hate annuities. It's probably because they want you to put all your money into the stock market, mm-hmm. which can work out for you if you know what the future is going to hold. If you if you're in a good market cycle in retirement, you know the full stock market cycle could be fine for you. But if you're in a period like the two thousands, or the seventies, or last year, it may not work out as well. And sometimes, Mark, what would happen in the past? is you would
1: have grandma or grandpa especially, these are the type of annuities we usually had, to guarantee income for their life, which is what maybe grandma and grandpa were looking to do. Um, they had to do what we call annuitization. So the insurance company, if you gave them $100,000, would keep that money just like a pension does, and they would guarantee that income stream for grandma and grandpa's life, and if they did it only on grandpa, it would be for grandpa's life, but if they did it for a joint payout, it would be for both of their lives. But once they had lived their whole life expectancy, and both of them passed away, there was no money left for the kids or the grandkids, so a lot of people didn't like that because the insurance company kept the money. So we don't do those type of annuities here at McPherson Financial Group. We wanna make sure that our clients, when they pass away, That inheritance is going to the kids and the grandkids.
0: Talking about the three pillars of a proper financial plan. We just got done talking about protection. All right, R. McPherson, talk about the power and the importance of income in a financial plan.
1: Basically, income can be a really big factor. So when you start making withdrawals from your 401k or from your IRAs or all the uh, nest egg that you have saved for retirement, when we go through a year like 2022 and we have a big correction, that can be a problem because when you're making withdrawals, you're no longer contributing to the plan. You're no longer what we call dollar cost averaging mark. So you're actually making uh, withdrawals out of the plan. So if you start in a period where it's a very bad market cycle, there's a whole kind of a report system we can run here at our office, and it's called sequencing of returns. You can actually have the same rate of return where you get 7% a year kind of growth on average, but when you start retirement and there's a big 50% correction, if all your money is at risk and it's all subject to that market risk, then you can actually run out of money prior to you getting to your retirement time frame, life expectancy. So that's not an option, obviously, Mark. Everybody wants to start retirement, have that money left for their kids and their grandkids, and hopefully have more money uh, when you are passing away that you're giving to your family and then
2: less. As an example, uh, I have a client who has a, has a good portfolio, you know, a couple million dollars, but he told me that next year in January, he's gonna start taking withdrawals. And we knew this plan a year ago when he became a client. Uh, but that time is coming up and, um, you know, he wanted about $3,000 a month. So we did several things with the portfolio, but the one piece that's earmarked for income is about $700,000 of that. And one of our equity income models, that's generating about a six to 7% dividend. So when you think of income, you think of dividends, interest, things that the investments provide without you having to sell anything. So for this client... That's going to equal about three thousand dollars a month just in dividend income. So that way, if the markets go up, the markets go down, you have your dividends, you don't have to sell anything unless, of course you want to. And that's just a portion of the portfolio. So that would be an income from your more typical type of investments, mm-hmm. you know your stocks, your bonds, your interest, things like that. But then of course we have income from annuities. Uh, the income from an annuity is guaranteed, right? That one portfolio I just talked about at fidelity, that is not guaranteed. But if you have an annuity, you can guarantee your income, you can put guardrails on your retirement is what I call it. So you'd have your social security, you may or may not have a pension, but then if you have a guaranteed income stream from an annuity at a certain date and time, it kind of gives you guardrails to say, hey, I can you know, spend more money the first five, 10 years of retirement because I know I have this coming at this date and it's going to be this dollar amount. I mean, it's math and it is guaranteed. So there's a lot of ways to skin the cat when it comes to income. But having different buckets and different accounts geared for specific purposes, I think works out a lot better than just putting all your money in the market and crossing your fingers. Yeah. So
1: Mark, basically the kind of piggyback on what Luke said there, if you need $10,000 a month for retirement income, Mm. how much of that income would you like to guarantee? Uh, All of it. (laughs) Okay. Well, you might be able to do that. So, and if you can't guarantee all of it, if you could guarantee 75% of it or 80% of it, that kind of a thing. So um, that way you're not really rolling the dice and it really doesn't matter what the market does. You know, it doesn't affect your income for your whole retirement. So if the market's a really good market cycle, then you might have a a dramatic increase in income, but you don't have to bank on that. You're basically going to have the income you need. You know, it's going to do what you need it to do and it's going to last for your retirement. So that's, you know, that's how we set up those type of plans. Luke, when we hear about supplemental income in
0: retirement, I hear that I think like a second job or maybe just like a side hustle job, you know, driving for Uber, or working at the golf course. But then you also hear like supplemental income, like, you know, selling old baseball cards or something like that. Like what's your definition of supplemental income?
2: Well, it depends if you've saved for retirement or not, Mark Owens. <laughs> if you have not and you're retired, you may be driving for Uber for your supplemental income. Right. Um, but if you have, you know, mailbox money or a different assets and different buckets and different types of income streams, that could be your supplemental income. You know, some people think of you know Social Security as a supplemental income. It's really just something in addition to something that you really don't need. So it's in addition to. So if you have a pension and you have you know, a portfolio and you have cash and you have CDs and you have social security, well, you may not need any supplemental income. It may already be coming in. So really just depends what your portfolio looks like, how much you've saved and where you want to take income from. Yeah,
1: and those things can be a big deal because I have a client that has collected trains his whole life, so ever since he was a kid, uh, he was big into trains. Well, now he has over a half a million dollars worth of train gear.
2: Choo-choo! <laughs> <Yeah>,
1: that's right. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, are you willing to sell yet? Because when we were going through some of his income planning, um, they would like to increase some of their income, but really their income is set for their 401k and their assets from what we have in their investments. And then I said, well, what about some of those trains? I said, are you using all your trains? I said, you have told me before, you had a half a million dollars in trains, or are you willing to be able to sell some of those? And he said, yes. He said that I actually am, he said, I need to go through and inventory those and and get those things started. So those type of things, I have another client that has clocks, so he has about 250 grandfather clocks now, I, I don't know how he is storing these in his house, but I know his wife rolls her eyes every time they talk about the clocks, uh, but they're anything from the little cuckoo clocks, you know, where, but some of those are very, very valuable and you can sell those over time. Uh, we have a lot of clients that collect gold and silver, you know, so if you've been collecting gold and silver for 30, 40, 50 years, you might have things that you can sell now that can provide some extra income. We have a lot of clients, obviously, that do rental income from their properties, you Mm -hmm. know, so second and third properties for rental properties. 321-425-8550.
0: 321-425-8550. How you reach out to R. Pearson, Luke McCarty, if you are anything on this weekend show you want some clarity on about building income and in your retirement plan, of course, always available at artofmoneyradio.com. The final pillar when we're talking about the three main points of a retirement plan, and that is growth.
2: Yeah, so for growth, you know, we just talked about protection. We talked about income. Well, if the market's up 30% and your protection and your income's up, you know, 5 to 9%, if your whole portfolio is in something very safe, you actually miss out on some of the really good years in the stock market. So we don't wanna have all your money on the protection side, all your money on the income side and see the market run up 30% and you way far behind it. So when we look at things, when we look at portfolios, we have portions of your portfolio in multiple different buckets. And for the growth bucket, of course, that's gonna be the most volatile. That's gonna move up and down the most. That's where you lost the most money last year. It's where you've made the most money this year but there are ways to have a growth account with less risk. We're using an investment right now that has the S&P 500 as the upside. So you do what the S&P 500 does on the upside, but the downside, you don't lose the first 20%. So that would have covered you all of last year. It would have covered you probably about 90% of the downside of the market because the market usually doesn't lose more than 20%. Now it can, of course, 0809, the tech bubble, things like that. But If you think of growth, you usually think of risk. And we here at McPherson Financial Group have ways to get growth with less risk than the market. Growth to me, Mark, is the fun,
1: right? So this is where you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit. You're not going to Vegas, right? We don't want our clients throwing the dice like Mark would do when he goes to Las <laughs> Vegas. But um, we want to be able to have educated places for money that we expect above average returns, right? So we want to get that kind of 10 plus percent return in this area. And we want to shoot for home runs here. but it should only be on a percentage of that portfolio and it's on the portfolio that we can let grow over the longest period of time so we can let it sit there for five plus years so if we go through market corrections and downturns we're not getting exposed like we would if we're trying to pull money out every month and things like that so having that long-term outlook for it and going for those better and larger returns but we're gonna have some volatility there because you are taking more risk to get that better growth
0: Three two one four two five eight five five zero. Luke, and this may be kind of a loaded question. In your opinion, what's most important to building a proper retirement plan?
2: I think the management of risk is the most important. You know, there's going to be things in your retirement, in your life, that come up unexpectedly. Art calls these the curveballs of life. And when these happen, you know, if all your money's in the growth side of the portfolio, well, if the market's down when these happen, which is typically seemingly how it works, then you you have the wrong portfolio. If something happens where you need a, a chunk of cash and all your money's in the growth portfolio and it's a good market cycle well you're okay. So it's just the unknowns of the future. So managing your risk and your expectations of returns because you know we don't know what the future's going to hold. The market doesn't know what it's going to hold the next 6 months, right? And the stock market's a coin flip. The further you go out on the stock market from a time perspective, the more the odds are in your favor. And it's sometimes hard to know how the market's going to
1: react to something mark so we have seen the whole thing with hamas kick off in israel um well you would have thought if i had pulled probably 100 people i probably would have had 95 percent of the people said oh yeah go ahead put all my money in cash if that was to break out and then yet the market is up since that event so you never know how the market's going to react to things positively or negatively um so you have to be careful of not letting noise is what we call it or you know a lot of politics you know an election year sometimes people get very very nervous about our current environment But long term is typically what the market's looking at. And are they looking at um, are the grounds for profit or the grounds for growth better or they worse, you know, in the next 12 months? So a lot of times our our short term noise can make us and feel differently, but a lot of times it has very little impact on long term growth.
0: Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com.